2: Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed
0: to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to
2: enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech.
0: Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.
1: Real life is not a game. If you get behind the wheel intoxicated, you're gambling with your life and the lives of others. Play it safe and designate a sober driver. Learn more at chpddp.com. This message is brought to you by the California Highway Patrol.
2: No one is,
1: is, 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 is
2: more locked in.
1: From Thursday to Monday,
2: no one is more locked into the NFL than first and pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipone. Dolphins, Chargers, this is a good question by you. Thank you. Which team has the better coach-quarterback combo, Tua McDaniel or
3: Herbert Staley? All right, make the case for the Chargers because I know that's what you're going to do, so I'll just try to formulate in my head the Miami response while you do that with the Chargers one. It is purely
2: (laughs) my eye test, my scout's eye. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) My eye tells me that Justin Herbert is better than Tua. And even though I would take McDaniel over Staley, and it's crazy, I would have never thought I would have said that a year ago. Um, But like if I was power ranking these people in terms of like how good they are at their job relative to the competition, it would be Herbert one, um, Tua McDaniel two, three in an order that I'm vacillating on <laughs> and, and Staley a reluctant four, who I think has gotten a bad rap and some tremendously bad luck. But I do think that they offensively could be a little bit more creative around Herbert, but I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Ancho went viral and got trolled by the charger social media team for calling Herbert, A social media quarterback. They took that as like, he's obsessed with social media. That's not what he meant. He meant that he's like a highlights only quarterback. Um, and on some level he is because he hasn't won a playoff game, but I'm sorry. I don't look at that as being Justin Herbert's fault. The guy came in as a rookie and had 31 touchdowns and 10 picks. And Anthony Lynn was his, his coach. And they lost all those one possession games. And then his center has gotten hurt and his left tackles gotten hurt and both of his receivers have gotten hurt. And like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't look at Justin Herbert as the reason why the chargers haven't been successful. I look at Justin Herbert as a guy who other than Burrow Allen and Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL that I would want to build a team around, not for like to win a game tomorrow, but next 10 years, I'm owning a stock. Mahomes one, Allen two, Burrow three. Herbert four for me, and that's enough for me to choose the Chargers in the in the long
3: run over the over the Dolphins combo. Well, I think Staley's biggest uh, drawing card, that fact that he was hyper aggressive and he knew the numbers better than any coach, that's out the window. Yep, because he hasn't done that consistently this year. Yep, I think McDaniel is one of the better offensive coaches in the entire league, and. You know, to, to uh even before, even before Tyree Kill showed up there, the numbers are good for him individually. Win-loss record, quarterback rating, touchdown to interception ratio. You do it every year. It's up echelon. He just doesn't pass your eye test the way that Herbert does. So It's interesting because, like, we love the way that Herbert makes throws. And so when he has Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out there and Austin Eckler and he has really good players at the skill positions, it's like, well, no, that's more about Herbert than it is about those guys making those plays. But if you put Tua in L.A. and he had the same stats, it would be, well, he has Keenan Allen – And Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. So, you know, I tend to side with Tua and McDaniel. I think that Tua, like people have been waiting for a moment where he slipped up. So that San Francisco game is getting held against him like a scarlet letter. But it's the number one defense in the NFL. And this is the 30th defense. So I'm very excited to come back on here on Sunday night and say, Well, he had one bad game against the best defense in the NFL, but overall two was still a top 10 quarterback. And he's got one of the five best coaches in the NFL. So I would take two and McDaniel. Okay. Would you, would you take, but remove the coaches
2: just briefly. If you, if you were starting a team, I take, I, I take Herbert. Okay. Okay. Me too. Like I, I do think that you, every number is good. You know, I I'm I'm here for all of it. There is something to the physical talent of what the dude can do, and so we 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 would both take Herbert. All right, I Ravens Steelers. This is your game. This is a huge rivalry. I'm in, I'm surprised at your question a little bit. Your question was should should Lamar shut it down? Do you think he should?
3: Well, that's what Keyshawn Johnson said. So when he said oh. that on ESPN. I was intrigued by it because he was the first person with a national platform to say, when you don't have a guaranteed contract and you play the way that Jackson does, you might as well just tap out. So I've been, I've been super interested in what, not just former players, but just like how fans view that. And I like, I think part of it too, Danny is like, we societally and as fans, I think it's more normalized more than ever when it comes to athletes making you know, decisions that are about them. Like Jackson Smith and Jigba is not going to play in the college football playoff. If that had yeah. happened 10 years ago, he would have been crucified for it. Now it's like, well, you know, if I was his dad, I would tell him to do the same thing. And I think that there's actually a carryover with that when it comes to Lamar Jackson situation, like, well, if he can get $200 million and he, and he risks that by going out there and playing at 60% and sucking, well then maybe he shouldn't play again this year. So I think that modern is, narrative about the Ravens quarterback. I, I I think that there is
2: some truth to what you're saying. In terms of that, like public opinion has certainly shifted on player empowerment. But even though college athletes can get money now with the name, image, and likeness, it's different than professional quarterback under contract. Um, I think Lamar, if he was healthy and sat and said it's because he's protecting himself for his negotiation, would get skewered. I agree with that. They're eight and four. You know, the the season is not over. Now, to your point, the Ohio State wide receiver, it's the college football playoff. It's not the Sun Bowl. But he has not made generational wealth playing in college. Lamar
3: Jackson has and will continue Mike, to and, and will. I, I, I just want to like, we talked to Mike Flory about this on our show yesterday. And Mike said that he thinks that there is an interest on Baltimore's part to see the improvements that Tyler Huntley has made from last year to this year. And the point I made back to that was, I've been in Pittsburgh for a long time. When Ben was suspended in his prime because of off-the-field stuff, there was not intrigue to see what Dennis Dixon the Oregon quarterback who was seen, seen as like a really hyper good athlete. Oh, what is he going to do while Ben was out? This is a quarterback in his mid-20s who's already won an MVP award. And I've got credible people telling me that Baltimore is interested to see how the backup quarterback performs while he's out. What the fuck is that? That's not I mean, supposed to be the narrative surrounding a quarterback. That's in his twenties, who's already been a player of the year. Not at all.
2: No, it's definitely not. It's disrespectful to Lamar. But I
3: don't think Mike, I don't think Mike's making that up. I actually think that's a valid point. Well, I because think, I there's think a sentiment out there that Huntley throws the ball better than Lamar Jackson does.
2: I mean, Huntley kicked the shit out of the Bears last year. Like he he is not a bad football player. Like that guy, that guy moves the ball. Um and and is a weapon and is the perfect backup for Lamar. He was
3: undrafted.
2: I I I I I know I know. Um, I, obviously Roethlisberger had won a Super Bowl, so different set of circumstances and loyalty and levels of made guy. But to your point, MVP's pretty damn made. Yeah. Um, I would be floored if you pulled Ravens fans and said do you think that Tyler Huntley can take this job from Lamar Jackson if he started every game the rest of the season? I'd be shocked if 10% of people said yes. You know, I don't, I don't know that that's a real sentiment. Lamar's been disappointing. We've talked about it all year. Since week three, he
3: has not been good. We've talked about it. I understand that, but the idea that this is maybe – big picture for the ravens a blessing in disguise because you get to evaluate tyler huntley is just mind boggling for me danny it 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 is i just i don't i don't similarly to san
2: francisco and probably even more so like lamar jackson is going to be the quarterback for the ravens next year on opening day and he's going to be doing it either with a new long-term contract or playing under the exclusive franchise tag for an astronomical amount of money north of 44 million dollars guaranteed you know like he's I can't real. Do you, do you see any scenario where that
3: doesn't happen well the only one is if Huntley plays great but I don't predict that so no I don't but even if he man it'd be such a risk on a small sample to just 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 what tag and trade Lamar Jackson yeah I guess if Huntley's great but I don't see that happening
2: yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Okay, so we said last week Bengals could be Chiefs Kryptonite. Browns Bengals. Are the
3: Browns that to the Bengals? Well, how is it that Burroughs never beaten them? I mean, that's like what is going on with that? And he was good, bad against them in that Monday night game on Halloween. Um, I could see them losing this game just because the roller coaster ride that is the NFL the highs and lows of it. So this is super intriguing to me because the Bengals are a hiccup or a misstep away from being looked at as a legitimate team that can get back to the Super Bowl when in the summer they were like, ah, they had an incredible run, ain't gonna happen again. We really like their quarterback, but it was a one-off. They're not gonna get close to that. Kind of an important game in that respect. Like prove that you're better than the Ravens. you're gonna win the division. you're gonna get a home playoff game and beat the team that's been a bugaboo for you, even with the great quarterback that is burrow, yeah, I
2: think that uh if Jacoby was still playing, there'd be a little bit more risk of like post chiefs hangover and overlooking them, but Burrow won't have any problem getting up for the game, given that he hasn't beaten an in-state opponent, a division opponent. And it's a Deshaun Watson game. There's going to be plenty of intrigue and attention around the game. They're only a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I I think Cincinnati's role is legit. Of course, they could lose because of the any-given Sunday factor, like, you know, for sure. But I'd be shocked, like, if they actually laid an egg. And we came on Sunday night and said, wow, they didn't get up for the game. Uh, I'm almost more interested in the Browns side of it. Because every game with Deshaun Watson is a data point that is going to be hyper-analyzed. Like, you know, nothing they do the rest of the year really matters in terms of wins and losses. But, you know, they didn't have an offensive touchdown last week. They gave him the only fully guaranteed contract ever. Browns fans are going to want and it's only been one game but it was the Texans and he hadn't played in 700 days so there's time but Browns fans are going to want to see a couple of 300 yard passing 50 yard rushing couple touchdown like that they invested in a top 10 borderline top five quarterback talent before the end of the year
3: well that's why for them I mean this is kind of a quasi playoff game for the Browns in the sense that if Watson were to play well and they were to win with the Raiders losing with the Steelers being in a coin toss game with the Jets probably losing to the Bills I mean yeah it feels like the only thing that matters is how do you feel about your franchise quarterback that you invested so much in given all his baggage but if they were to win. It's not far-fetched for us to come on the air Sunday night and be like, eh. It's kind of opened up for them. No. I mean,
2: yes. I don't see the make playoff odds on if the board the right now. Lose, If the
3: Jets lose, the Raiders what? have already lost, and the Steelers lose, and the Chargers lose to the Dolphins. Okay, well, so hold on. Just quickly.
2: Cleveland is five and seven. If they win, if they win, they get to six and seven. Yep. They're still so I'm just, just non-division leading AFC teams with more than six wins. Miami, the Jets, both the Bengals and Ravens are eight and four. So, yep. You know, in this scenario, the Bengals would be the eight win team because they would have lost so that's that's a third AFC team that's not leading its division with more than six wins and then the Chargers are at six wins and the Steelers are and the Patriots are at six wins and the Steelers are tied with them at five and seven I don't know what their make playoff odds are I can pull up with their schedules the rest of the way but they've got to be
3: oh they're astronomical but if they beat 10 to 1 sweep them
2: I mean, it is an easy finish in Cincy, home against Baltimore, home against New Orleans, in Washington, in Pittsburgh. If Deshaun Watson looks great immediately and they win, yep. I suppose someone – yeah, you could talk yourself – Well, that's into that. what they'll be
3: saying. I'm saying that's what they'll be saying in Cleveland on Monday.
2: Yeah, that they could run the table, get to 10 wins, and get the seventh seed. I, I, I guess with that schedule, but that – that's that's going to take a million things to break their way. All right, let's let's pick this up here. Every game, every week, every team. Subscribe, rate, review. First and Pod, tell a friend. Let's go. Chiefs, Broncos.
3: Are we surprised that Hackett is surviving the season here? Why haven't they fired yes. him yet? Yeah, this is like an Urban Meyer situation. Why wouldn't they just let the defensive coordinator finish out the string to see what he's all about as a head coach? Because he's going to get head coach interviews in the off season. So is it like, they feel like it's going to set him behind the eight ball because they're not going to win those games and it's going to like hurt his chances long term. Like is Nathaniel Haggett actually going to be the Broncos head coach next year? None of us think yes. So then why is he still the head coach right now?
2: I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but so I just Googled, uh, hero evero I believe that's how you pronounce it the Broncos defensive coordinator I apologize if I'm getting that wrong e j i r o e v e r o and you know like the first thing that comes up it's it's actually a profootballhistory.com.
3: one of the it's best that, assistant coaches in the NFL this year period so here's the but here's the little paragraph it's so unfair
2: that just comes up when you google them, like the top of the page. Evero is the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos since the 2022 season. Evero's record as the team's defensive coordinator was three and nine, making him the least successful
3: defensive coordinator in Broncos history. Yeah, F that. That is astro- That is ridiculous. He's actually, in my opinion, one of the most successful. Correct. <laughs> He's like, you're judging the guy by wins and losses. His offense scores nine points a game. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. That's what I mean. Why wouldn't you get the ball ball rolling on him?
2: Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe new ownership being a little gun shy to like shake it up and fire a first year head coach twelve games into his tenure because they don't want they wanna to attract top candidates and you wanna be seen as a place that's stable and supportive and all that. Like I you know, may, may that's best I can come up with for you. But, again, this is not going to be the week, but I need the Broncos to find a way to a win for the Bears. (laughs) They got to find a way to a win somewhere on the schedule. Figure it out.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.